your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition. It's already hump day, huh? It's already Wednesday. That's right, Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, May 13th, 2020. Your boy Q here. Hopefully everyone's having a good day. Hopefully everyone's having a good week so far. Uh, Very excited about the rest of this week. And well, I'm just excited about every single day, man. Just happy to be here, be able to talk some Raiders football, be able to, you know, be in each other's lives a little bit. And again, this uh, COVID-19 pandemic that's been going on just really kind of makes you really put things in perspective. So uh, glad that you could join us today on the show and appreciate when you tune into the show each and every day. If you reach out to someone and suggest the show to, to them, I appreciate that as well. You could always follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254. And you could always leave text messages or voicemails on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707 654 4693. I try to get to as many as possible. This week has been a little difficult because of the crossover edition, so I don't have a whole segment dedicated to them. But either way you look at it, I will get to those texts. I will get to those calls sooner rather than later. So uh, first of all, I want to tell you today's episode and every episode this month is brought to you by Built Bar. And I had the toffee almond this morning. And I'll tell you all about that at the end of this segment. I'll tell you how to get your own box for $10 off BuiltBar.com. That's the website. I'll give you an early hint. But uh, I'll tell you all about about it give you all the details coming up at the end of segment number one on today's show going to be talking all things Patriots and Raiders as we continue with our crossover edition AFC East I'll be talking with Michael DeBate host of Locked on Patriots does a really good job and uh, we have a fun little conversation that I think you will enjoy in segment number two and segment number three of the show here in segment number one I'm going to give you the news and the notes of the day as I always do so let's go ahead and hop right into it First and foremost, the Raiders have agreed to terms with free agent defensive back Prince Amakamura. He was a former first-round pick headed into his 10th NFL season in the league, and uh, the last three seasons he's played with the Chicago Bears has had 42 games that he started in. 15 games in 2019, 15 games in 2018 is what he played. He had three interceptions in 2018, no interceptions in 2019, but he is a veteran defensive back added to that Paul Gunther defense of the Raiders. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that I'm happy about the signing because it's a veteran presence and it takes a little bit of pressure off of Arnett immediately, but at the same time, I believe when Arnett is ready to take over that spot, similar to what Trayvon Mullen did with the Raiders in 2019, that's exactly what's going to happen. He might be ready to start immediately, and then he might not. It takes a little bit of pressure off a rookie, and I've said it multiple times on the podcast that I don't believe this is a year that rookies are going to really come in and have immediate impact just because you don't know how much on-field training they're going to have. So very, very important to have a veteran presence in Prince of Makamura that can know, go in there and know what he's doing. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a really good insurance policy. And uh, again, it's a guy that probably will at some point say, you know what, I'm not going to be the dude anymore. The Raiders will say he's not the dude anymore and give it away to Arnett. Uh, but it doesn't make him have to do it immediately. It's a lot better than having uh, another former giant that, uh, <laughs> that was almost going to be on the team, and that's Eli Apple. I much rather have the Raiders have Prince of Makamura than Eli Apple. Eli Apple is no bueno. Prince of Makamura, at least he's got a few skins on the wall and he's he's been in the league for 10 10 years now and he's he's had some good production again it's not a splash signing it's not something major but it is something so uh, I definitely like that I, I like the insurance policy that he brings and kind of backs up Damon Arnett and gives him a little bit of a cushion a little bit of a learning curve as he goes into his rookie year in 2020 
I feel like this whole news and notes segment is going to all be about defensive backs. By some way, somehow, it's all going to be about defensive backs because the next piece of info I wanted to bring to the table was actually something that I saw on Raiders.com, and I like to peruse Raiders.com and see what they got going on. And, you know, they'll never have anything controversial on there or have any kind of real deep debate or anything, but sometimes they do have some good stuff on there. Sometimes you can find some good uh, press conferences on there. A lot of times I'll go there and find them and maybe break them down and bring them to the table. Well, what I saw today day was uh, Skip Holtz. He's actually Lou Holtz's son. He's the head coach at La Tech. And he was the former head coach of Raiders fourth round defensive back Meek Robertson. And what the Raiders do on Raiders.com, they'll go and they'll they'll do this segment and, and they have it called Straight from the Source. So they have multiple ones out there. I played a little bit uh, the other day of Will Muschamp talking about Brian Edwards, who was the third round pick out of South Carolina. They also have one up there from Mark Stoops, who's the head coach at Kentucky, talking about Lynn Bowden Jr., the third round pick from Kentucky. Well, the one that intrigued me today was when I looked up and I saw that they had one about Meek Robertson. He's a guy I've tried to get onto the podcast. I've reached out to him multiple times by way of Twitter, and I'm not trying to blow him up and just, you know, be all up in his DMs like multiple times and stuff like that. But I've reached out a couple times, see if I can get his attention. I haven't been able to, so that's okay. You know, maybe at some point I will, maybe at some point I won't. Either way, no big deal. So uh, we'd love to talk to him. But in the meantime, in between time, Skip Holtz, who's the head coach at La Tech, here's what he had to say to Raiders.com about what the team is getting in Amik Robertson. Uh, they're getting a, a special player, obviously, but I I think an even even unique, uh, neat, awesome young man. Amik's got talent skills. He's got ball skills. I think he is a, a very unique player from a standpoint that he's probably one of the most passionate, one of the most committed football players I've, I've been around. I mean, it is all about ball and he absolutely loves the game. Uh, I think he brings a an energy to practice every single day. It's like he walks on the practice field and it's like the only reason I got out of bed today was to go to practice. His confidence may be his biggest asset. As great as his ball skills are and his quickness and uh, the things that he does on the field, but I think his competitive nature and his confidence are probably his two biggest strengths. He's one of those guys, don't tell him he can't do something. People want to look at his height, uh, say he's not tall enough. Uh, he's going he's gonna to rise to the challenge, but he has an incredible amount of confidence in his own abilities. But that comes because he's got a work ethic behind him. It's not a false confidence. He works at it as hard as anybody does. He's going to be out there doing his ladder drills and backpedal drills at 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, he's, uh, he's truly a committed player, and I think that's where his confidence comes from. But he is a unique individual, but he absolutely loves this game, and I know how excited he is to have the opportunity not only to play in the NFL, but to have the opportunity to play for Coach Gruden and the Raiders. So right there, Skip Holtz. Head coach at La Tech talking about what the Raiders are getting in third round, I mean fourth round, excuse me, defensive back Amik Robertson. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm, that's one guy that I'm very excited about. I know a lot of Raider Nation is very excited about him. Right after the draft, had a bunch of calls and texts about Amik Robertson. That could be a guy. That could be a real deal player that uh, finds his way onto the field early. He's got the confidence to get out there. And that's the one thing about the defensive back position. You got to have confidence. If you don't have confidence, you're in trouble because you'll be thinking about that play you got burnt instead of thinking about the next play and making sure you don't get burnt. So I really, really like that. I also like the fact that uh, it was mentioned, and I believe this was on the Silver and uh, Black show that's on CBS Sports in in Vegas on Sunday mornings. Uh, They were talking to the defensive back coach, and uh, he actually mentioned, he may mention that LaMarcus Joyner was going to play a little bit of safety, and that's a good thing. If they put him at the safety position where he's supposed to be, and then they're able to get Amik Robertson onto the field at the same time, I mean, you could really have some big-time playmakers on the back end of that defense. Now, I'm not saying right away he's going to start there. LaMarcus Joyner probably will be that guy because that's what they wanted. They wanted him to be the guy in the slot. But if they decide, you know what, we're going to stop being so bullish on this and we're going to put him back at his natural position and let Amik Robertson, the rookie, go out there and man the slot position, that defense could be really, really nasty and have opportunity to create some turnovers. And when the Raiders are creating turnovers, I believe really, really good things are bound to happen. So uh, that was just a little piece right there. Again, Raiders.com is where you can find it. It's called Straight from the Source. Will Muschamp is up there talking about Brian Edwards. Mark Stoops up there talking about Lynn Bowden Jr. Again, it's something to kind of look at, and it's I think it's pretty stinking cool. Now, one more piece of news about another defensive back in the league, Logan Ryan, the defensive back from the Titans. Looks like he's going to be signing his deal soon. At first, the reports were out there he was going to sign with the Jets. Uh, others say that the Dolphins are still in the mix. Either way, he's a guy that a lot of Raider fans were thinking about, and 
and really wanted the Raiders to make a play for. He wanted $10 million a year on a long-term deal. Uh, looks like he's going to settle for a one-year deal, and it's probably going to be less than $10 million. Again, it looks like it's either going to be with the Jets or the Dolphins. But uh, either way, I bring him up because it's, it's just crazy that he's a really good player, 29 years old, had over 100 tackles in uh, 2019, had four interceptions, four forced fumbles. I mean, he, he put the stats together for the Tennessee Titans in, uh, in 2019. And he has some things to say about Marcus Mariota that after Marcus Mariota actually was uh, benched and he became basically the scout quarterback or the backup quarterback, he really made the defenses work their tails off in practice because he was picking them apart and it made them better. So uh, one little sliver of uh, you know, Raider news. And while I'm talking about Logan Ryan is that practices may be a little bit better and a little bit more competitive for that defense, even when Marcus Mariota is out there because, well, he was doing some good things with Tennessee as the backup quarterback in practice. So that's just something else to think about. But I wanted to bring him up because like I mentioned, a lot of Raider fans in free agency were thinking Logan Ryan should be the guy, man, go, go get him. He's out there. He's available. Like I said, it looks like he's going to either sign with the Jets or the Dolphins. I would say the Jets, but uh, again, there's been reports that the Dolphins are still in the mix. He was on the double coverage podcast with Jason and Devin McCourty, you know, the twins. And uh, he was talking about free agency, the whole situation and what it was like this time around. And just check out how strange this situation was. And I don't know if the Raiders are one of the teams that he was talking about offering him a long-term deal, but just, this is just a strange situation for a defensive back. That's really good. And Logan Ryan, check it out. You know, I never thought I was a guy that would play for three, four franchises. You know, you think, you know, I wanted to have the Devin McCourty career. I wanted to do everything well play right, be rewarded, and just keep it moving. But you realize how rare that is, man. You're a special player. I mean, you're all pro corner that moves positions for the team and uh, still had to fight for your right to get paid every time. I remember how those contract situations go. So it's just a business, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a real business. And um, this time's a little different because, you know, kind of to get through it, Tennessee never really – offered me a contract. They never really talked extension and never, we never really talked in free agency. They didn't really try to bring me back. And, uh, it was kind of the whole, uh, you know, we'll, we'll monitor the market and you're probably going to get too much. And we probably can't afford because we got a lot of players on this team. And I understood it. I understood that completely. I'm like, yeah, we do have Derek Henry deserves to get paid. And Ryan Tannehill deserves a contract somewhere. And we have like 20 free agents and Jack Conklin. So I understood all that for sure. And, um, you know, the way this free agency hit, you know, with, with COVID and everything, kind of the marketplace, it, I mean, the, the money was hard to find in some, in some areas after that first day, you know, and the multi-year options I was looking at, I just didn't feel right for my family. It didn't feel right for me. I believe I want to take my time. And uh, when I approached Tennessee with a one-year a one-year option, I said, hey, look, I'm, I'm willing to come back and work with the team with a one-year deal to earn the right for an extension or earn the right. Uh, to go back to free next year. And I just want my salary, what I made last year. I think anybody who plays really well in a contract year wants a raise. You know, you, you play on a contract, year, you're going to get paid, right? So I said, look, I mean, I'll come back for the same rate. I want to I want to keep this thing going. And they weren't really interested in that. And that's when I kind of knew that, uh, you know, this is a business and they're going to do what the marketplace says. They're going to do what's best in their opinion for the team. So that was kind of a little different. But I had to, you know, take it and uh, do what's best for my family as well. And, you know, that's where we're at. So there was Logan Ryan right there. It's crazy, man. He went and offered the Titans, hey, I'll play for the same thing that I made last year. Give me a one-year deal. Give me an opportunity to come back and get a long-term deal. And they basically said, nope, not going to happen, even though he had the production that he had in uh, 2019. Really, really strange. And just, I mean, like he said, shows you that the NFL is a business. But I'd be interested to hear the teams that were actually interested in in him in a long-term deal and wondering if the Raiders were one of them. So that's what I got for you for segment number one, news and notes on the day, talking all things things defensive backs coming up in segment number two is part one of my conversation as we get into the crossover edition talking AFC East and AFC West New England Patriots Mike DeBate host of Locked On Patriots he's up first and uh, he's going to be asking me all things Raiders then we're going to flip things over and I'll ask him all things Patriots that's coming up next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about the Built Bar. And a lot of people have been trying the Built Bar. I love it. I love the the feedback I've been getting by the Built Bar. And I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, I am not a guy that subscribes to going and having a protein bar each and every day. But I am really digging it. I really am. I had a toffee almond one this morning. And, man... 
it was good. Again, I can't say it enough. These are really, really good. And I, I've, I've seen the numbers as far as, you know, people you know, getting the feedback across the whole Locked On Podcast Network. And a lot of people are going out, they're getting built bars, and they're really enjoying it and going back and becoming, you know, repeat customers. So it's something that you should try. If you're thinking about it and you keep saying, yeah, Q's making it sound good, but I don't know if it's really that good. Believe me, like my grandmother said, just because it sounds good and feels good don't mean it is good. This is is good. <laughs> this is one that my grandmother would say, no, nah, son, this is good. And it is the built bar. And you can get one. Matter of fact, no joke. My co-host at the radio station, ESPN Central Texas, Ward Whites, he saw me eating the, the toffee almond one that I was having. And he said, what is that? And I said, that's my uh, built bar. And I, I've been I've been eating them every single day so I could talk about them on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And he said, are they really that good? Because I see you eating it every day. And I said, yeah, actually, believe it or not. And you know, I'm not a candy dude. I really do enjoy it. And so he said, well, what's the website? No joke. He said this right in front of me. I said, BuiltBar.com. And I said, right now, if you use the promo code locked on, you can get $10 off your first box. So I basically sold him a box right then and there just by eating it. And uh, you can get a box as well. If you use the promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first box. And they have so many different flavors. You could pick and choose which one you like and uh, which one you find to be your, your favorite flavor. And then you just go from there. But again, man, really, really good, really tasty. It's not too big. It's not heavy. You know, it's just a, a lot of good stuff as far as I'm concerned. So go on, check it out. They're the host of the podcast, not only today, not only this week, but all month long. And not just for the Locked On Raiders podcast, but every single Locked On NFL podcast across the network. So definitely want to thank Built Bar. And uh, I want you to, and, and I'm going to invite you really to go on and try it. So Locked On is the promo code. BuiltBar.com is the website you go to get it. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast as we continue with our crossover edition, talking all things AFC East, already knocked out the Buffalo Bills. That was on Tuesday's show. And then on Monday, talked all things J-E-T-S Jets. And so now it is time to talk all things Patriots. That's right. I thought Patriots, I jumped the gun, thought they were going to be on Tuesday's show. They were not, but they are on today's show. So it is time to jump into our conversation. Myself and Mike Debate, host of Locked On Patriots, talking all things AFC East and AFC West with Mike Debate from Locked On Patriots. Patriots fans and Raiders fans, we are all quite familiar with one another. Both fan bases remember a snowy 25-degree evening in Foxborough, Massachusetts, January 19, 2002. The 2001 AFC Divisional Playoff game between the New England Patriots and the then Oakland Raiders. The final game at Foxborough Stadium. And for those of you that are listeners to Locked On Patriots, your old-time Patriots fans, you remember those cold metal planks in the upper sections that I can tell you from personal experience caused a freeze deep in your bones. Raiders fans remember it as the tuck rule game. Patriots fans remember it as the snowball. And it has been the fate of these two franchises ever since. But enough about the past. It's time to talk about the future. And that future is the tumultuous year of 2020. The Patriots and the Raiders are scheduled to meet Sunday, September 27th, 1 p.m. at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. So without further ado, let's kick off this crossover week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots Podcast. And I am your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. And and Mike, you hit me where it hurts, talking tuck rule already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here in New England, we can't resist but bring it up. But you know what? It really is, I think, a begrudging respect that maybe our fans have for yours and the history behind the great Raiders team. And, you know, I'm not saying that has to be reciprocated. I know there's still a lot of hard feelings on that, even almost 20 years later. Uh, but really, it's my honor to join you on the microphone today, Q. Uh, this crossover is one I've been looking forward to for quite some time. I am such a fan of Locked On Raiders. I think you have one of the best openings on the network. Patriots fans, if you're listening, check it out. I guarantee you, you will love the opening of this show. But to me, the content is truly where your podcast shines like Raiders silver. Great stuff, as always. And it's really my honor to join you today. And Q, this matchup between the Patriots and the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders now, promises to be a good one, at least in my opinion. And 
Matchups between these two teams are always memorable. I have to be honest. When I saw that the Pats and Raiders game was going to take place in Foxborough, I was a little disappointed. I kind of wanted a trip to Vegas out of this deal, but uh, all kidding aside, this is a team that I'm impressed with heading into the season. By all accounts, I think the Raiders have had a very successful offseason. In free agency, they've added a few starters on defense along with a ton of depth. Guys like the recently signed Prince Amokamara, Demarius Randall and Jeff Heath in the defensive backfield, I thought were key signings for the Raiders. Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski at the linebacker position had a little athleticism, a little depth there. Veteran tight end Jason Witten, you can't go wrong with bringing in a guy that has his experience and his savvy at the position. And Eric Cush on the offensive line had some depth there as well. All in all, I think solid signing. And I think the Raiders have the potential to be a sleeper in the AFC in 2020. When you look at the Raiders offseason, Q, is this the year that the vision of Mike Mayock and John Gruden finally comes into focus? You know, uh, that's a good question, and I think that it should be. You know, it's year three of this project, and obviously it's year two with Mike Mayock, but this is year three with John Gruden, and he tore the whole thing down when he got there in, in uh, 2018, and then uh, 2019 looked like a, a pretty decent year, and there were actually even people that were talking about the playoffs. That didn't happen, but, uh, you know, you could see the improvement and a really good draft class and being able to bring in some talent and that's what the team was really missing out on. They were really missing out on a lot of talent. So they them being able to bring that in and have that great 2019 draft class. And then you mentioned the, the free agents that they were able to bring in this past uh, offseason. I think that they have the makeup now. They have the, the talent on the roster to do some really positive, good things this upcoming season. Now, we don't know when the season's going to kick off. We don't know if all the games are going to get played. We don't know if this early game between the Raiders and the Patriots is going to get played. But... As it stands on paper right now, it looks like it could be a really good season for this team as long as they go and put it all together. Now, that's going to take John Gruden on the sideline. That's going to take the players on the field to get it all together. Now that you have the recipes for a really good dinner, you have all the ingredients. You know, you put that together and you come out with a masterpiece. But you got to be able to know how to cook. If you don't know how to cook, then it doesn't matter. You know, I can't cook. You can give me the greatest ingredients ever. I'm not going to make anything positive out of it. So that's John Gruden. That's on him to be able to find a way to get all the talent that you talked about, all the talent that they drafted, all the talent they drafted last year, and put it together and come up with a really, really good product for the Las Vegas Raider fans, Oakland Raider fans, LA Raider fans, Raider Nation worldwide. They all deserve a really good product. It's up to them to go get it done. The talent is there. Now you just got to go put it to work. And I think they've got a shot at that Again, you said the talent is there, and I believe in that. First of all, I do want to give you kudos on that cooking reference. (laughs) A guy that's been in the news a lot for the New England Patriots the last couple of weeks is Bill Parcells. He was up for induction into the Patriots Hall of Fame. Former Raider Richard Seymour was the man that beat him out, and he will be inducted into the Pats Hall of Fame probably at some point later this year in a ceremony. But he once famously said in his exit press conference from New England, If they're going to ask you to cook the meal, they should at least let you shop for the groceries. And again, you mentioned that about being able to put the meal together, put the ingredients together, and build a winning team. And I think that's going to be something that uh, Las Vegas Raider fans are really going to be in for a treat for. One thing, Q, that did strike me with the Raiders was their draft. And I know a lot of the national news surrounding the Raiders draft has been a little bit iffy. But I may have been more impressed with the Raiders draft than others in the national spotlight. I think they were smart to select three offensive playmakers. Henry Ruggs Jr. has the speed of an elite wide receiver, and I really like this pick a lot. I also like the versatility that guys like Lynn Bowden Jr. and Brian Edwards bring to the table. I also applaud the selection of Damon Annette, and I know that a lot of people are going to look at the addition of Prince coming into this team now and saying, well, they have a lot of depth at the cornerback position. Maybe they reached a little bit with Arnett, but I thought it was a very Patriot-like pick a player identified for his skill, his fit within the team, and they identified it and they went with it. And I applaud that because I believe the Patriots did the same thing here in New England with Kyle Duggar. What was your overall impression of the Raiders draft? And in your estimation, a few eyebrows in terms of production, 
in the upcoming season. Well, you know, I was I was pleased with the the draft. You know, again, Arnett was the guy that everybody was surprised by. I mean, and the only reason I was surprised by him is because he wasn't on my radar. Not because he's not a good player. I just didn't have him in my mock draft. Like, a lot of people didn't have him in their mock draft. And, of course, mock drafts are what we live in and die by, right? So, you know, that's, that's just <laughs> our, our fault for Absolutely. getting hung up on that, you know? And so uh, that was the one pick that was like, whoa, okay. But after you go back and you actually do some research on it you realize that hey this could be a really good pick and this is a guy that you know really fits what the Raider mold is even the old school Raider feel the bump and run the being physical at the line of scrimmage I mean that's who this guy is and so I'm kind of excited actually I'm really excited and I'm glad you said that it was a very patriot like pick because that's the thing and I said it on the on the podcast the other day that when the Patriots make a move, everyone says, okay, that makes sense. That's a very good move. That was great by the Patriots. But when another team does it, it's like, well, why did you do that? You know what I mean? Like Because the Patriots have built the <laughs> reputation. They've built the reputation of, hey, we know what we're doing. We let this guy go. That's okay because we have depth behind him and we'll just plug him in. We're not going to spend too much money. When they go and draft a guy, like taking a Division two guy with their first pick in the 2020 draft. I know it was in the second round, but you don't expect him to go to a Division school two to pick a guy but they did and I like the pick I think it's great they could have picked me they could have picked you and it would have made sense but if another team does it it's like what are you doing <laughs> you know what I mean but if the Patriots do it they say oh well that means that they had a plan for Q and they have a plan for uh, you know for Mike they're gonna make it happen and they're gonna be really good players moving forward I mean it's just the the Patriots have built in that we know what we're doing trust us on this and that's why right now even with the Patriots having Jared Stidham as their quarterback, regardless if that's the guy who's under center when the season starts, everyone has to take their word for it like this is a good decision because, well, the Patriots have proven before time and time again, they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, they do kind of know what they're doing, and I think we'll get into that in a little bit when it comes to Jared Stidham. I know that raised a lot of eyebrows among a lot of national media, but I may help to quell some of those concerns that people may have when it comes to Jared Stidham. But that leads me quite nicely into my final question for you today, but before... We took that hot seat, and you grill me here on the Foxborough stage. Naturally, the quarterback position is always the most high-profile <laughs> of any team. Whether we want to admit it or not, it's always going to be the most high-profile. And the Raiders head into this season with Derek Carr, who's been their starter for a vast number of years now. But they also head into this season now with Marcus Mariota possibly nipping at his cleats. Theoretically, competitions like this could lead to a quote-unquote quarterback controversy. In your estimation, Q, do you believe that there might be a quarterback controversy in Las Vegas this year? And if so, who has the upper hand when it comes to being the signal caller for the Raiders in 2020? No, you know, I don't I don't think there's any kind of quarterback controversy at all. I mean, I know Marcus Mariota is the highest paid backup in the league right now, but I think that's for a good reason. You know, just in case something were to happen, just in case, uh, uh, you know, emergency, break glass, uh, he's there in that situation. Just in case Derek Carr doesn't get off to a good start, Derek Carr will no doubt about it be the starter of the season. And as long as he goes out and plays uh, like he did last season, and uh, for most Raider fans, hoping that he improves in some areas as well, he'll be the guy. Now, Mariota's there to provide competition he's there to provide insurance but he's not going to create a, a quarterback competition now the one thing I will say that I'm uh, very excited about is, is the fact that that uh, he is a guy who has been there done that so just in case something were to happen he's been there done that he's already won a playoff game he's a veteran he's not like it's not it's it's not a uh, Michael Mike Glennon it's not you know uh, um Nate Peterman or Deshaun Kaiser it's not any of those guys the guys that you cringe at when you see it take the field it's a guy that you know has been there done that and can really make it happen and really it's funny I just saw something where Logan Ryan who used to be a Tennessee Titan looks like he's going to be a Jet now uh, he he was saying that in practice once Mariota got benched he was out there slinging it so much that he made that Titans defense that much better so now I'm thinking that he's going to help out in practice as well, sharpen up the, the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders, which is something that is needed in a major way. So I don't think it's going to be any kind of quarterback competition at all. I just think that he's going to be there just to kind of, you know, push Derek Carr uh, a, a little bit. And he's pretty much been on record of saying that that's going to be uh, the case. And so, and if there was, just to answer your question, just in case, hey, you know, just in case they decided that there was some kind of competition or controversy, uh, I, I think Derek Carr would be the guy with the upper hand. One, because of the pandemic that's going on and these guys aren't 
meeting in person. These guys aren't having practices. These guys are doing everything virtual. Derek Carr has been there, done that. He knows exactly what John Gruden wants. He knows the system. Been there two years. This is the first time he's been in the same scheme offensively three years in a row, and he's going into his seventh year in the league. I mean, that tells you right there, that's a recipe for a disaster if you can't keep some kind of continuity on that offensive side of the ball. So now they have it. So I think that Derek Carr will be fine. At some point, do I expect a team to, to go out there and, and, and get another quarterback and maybe uh, try to upgrade that position? Absolutely. But I think that Derek Carr is good enough to get it done. You just got to go out there and see it. And going into year three under Gruden, I think that, especially with the weapons around him that you mentioned earlier, I think he'll be able to get it done. And absolutely great insight and something that I was hoping that Patriots fans would be enlightened by your wisdom and counsel when it comes to this. And I'm glad that you brought up the back of quarterback position because in New England, we know the value of quarterbacks that can run scout teams and improve the defense by being that type of offensive juggernaut that they need to defend against. We saw Brian Hoyer do it here in New England for a number of years with Tom Brady under center. I expect something similar out of Jared Stidham. And I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute because, Q, while you have provided a great amount of insight when it comes to the Raiders' potential in 2020, it wouldn't exactly be a true crossover, my friend, unless we flip the script and you put me on the hot seat. In just a moment, folks, your boy Q and I will talk about the tumultuous offseason in Foxborough and what it means for the Patriots this season when the crossover episode of Locked On Patriots and Locked On Raiders continues. So that was part one of our conversation right there, talking uh, Patriots and Raiders. You see, he got his Howard Cosell on first and was grilling me and talking to me about the Raiders. And you see, he got me with the little chief shot early, right? The tuck rule. Don't worry, Raider Nation. I got him back at the end. Don't you worry. I got a nice little zinger on him at the very end. But it was a good conversation. I mean, no no harm, no blood, no foul. You know what I mean? He was a really good dude and very complimentary of the show. So I definitely appreciate the conversation that I had with Mike DeBate. And coming up in segment number three, you'll hear part two of the conversation. I flip the script. I get my Howard Cosell on and ask him all questions New England Patriot related. That's coming up in the next segment here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, another crossover edition. Right there in segment number two, you heard all things about the Raiders from me. Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. He was getting his Howard Cosell on. He was asking me the questions about the Raiders, and now we're about to flip the script, and I'm going to ask him questions about the Patriots, and I got a lot, and somehow, my uh, my time when I ask the questions, the, the segment always goes really, really long, so this is a little bit longer segment here in number three, but that's just how we get down sometimes. So here's part Part two of our conversation, talking all things Patriots on the Locked On Raiders podcast. As we continue our crossover series here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we're talking AFC East, we're talking AFC West, and right now on the line to talk all things Patriots is Michael DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. You can find him on Twitter at Mike D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. Again, at Mike D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And Mike, uh, I will get into the quarterback conversation because obviously it's a new era. Tom Brady's not there. But before I get into that, I just want to know general because we have been doing all week long here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've been doing the AFC East and AFC West. What are your feelings? What are your thoughts on the AFC East in general now that the Patriots, the team that you cover, don't seem to have that same stranglehold on the division, but they're a, t- a tough team to count out because, well, Bill Belichick is still there, and, and he, he's proven time and time again that he absolutely knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think the AFC East is going to be an interesting division to follow this year, Q, without any question. Look, the Patriots don't have the stranglehold that they've had on this division for quite some time. I don't necessarily believe that's an indictment on what they've lost, meaning Tom Brady, even guys like Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins. They've lost some big-time players, but I think that's more of an indication of just how good this division has become and how much improved all three teams that are the Patriots' competition in this division have become. The Miami Dolphins are unquestionably better this year than they were last year. The Buffalo Bills have taken a giant step forward, in my opinion, And they may be in the driver's seat right now when you look at the hierarchy of the AFC East. And a lot of people are sleeping on the Jets. In the previous segment, we talked about the New York Jets, and you talked about Logan Ryan potentially heading to New York. That could be a major signing for them. And also, Sam Arnold being healthy for a full year does allow them to be that type of team that a lot of people considered to be a possible playoff sleeper last year. So, again, I think because the AFC East competition has gotten tougher, 
I think it will be a tougher division to win this year. The Patriots right now are at a crossroads, and they have the potential to hang around and be in contention for a division title. I just think they're facing tougher competition this year, and because of that, the AFC East could be up for grabs for the first time in a good long while, and there are a lot of potential teams that could contend. If you're putting my back against the wall, I would probably say Buffalo is in the best position right now to contend for that title, simply because I just love the way they're constituted on offense and defense. But again, you mentioned don't sleep on a Bill Belichick-led team. I'd be very remiss to uh, you know, count them out before I finally see what they look like on the field. So in contention, but definitely not a foregone conclusion like they have been in years past. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I feel like that's kind of the, the same way that uh, I look at the AFC East. And, and again, I mean, I think for years, NFL fans have been trying to put dirt on the Patriots and say that they're done and they're not going to make it happen. And time and time again, they prove everybody wrong. So uh, just kind of wait before I say that they're, they're not the same team anymore. But it isn't the Tom Brady era anymore. He's in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. Gronkowski's in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. Uh, at what point in the season or what point did it become a reality to you that you know what? Tom Brady's not going to be back here next year. Honestly, right up until a couple of days before it became official that Tom wasn't coming back is when I started to see signs that this may not be the year. This may just not be in the cards for Tom Brady to return. You started to hear several of the reliable beat reporters that have covered the Patriots for a number of years. This is my third year covering the team. And, you know, I've you know learned my own ins and out of how the Patriots media works, but guys like Mike Reese of ESPN Boston, who is one of the most well-respected journalists in the area, started reporting that this might not end up coming down the pike. And when you start hearing Mike report things like that, all of a sudden your spidey sense starts to tingle a little bit. And you start to wonder whether or not the reports about Brady not having a deal or not being able to work out a long-term deal with the Patriots or having a quote-unquote bad telephone conversation with Bill Belichick started to really put the pieces together and determine that he wasn't going to be back. Ultimately, I was surprised that Tom wasn't back, but when you look at the circumstances surrounding it, we probably shouldn't have been shocked. And ultimately, Brady is not back in New England for one main reason. It's not because he was sick of Bill. It's not because Bill was sick of him. You're going to read a lot of narratives that really don't hold a whole lot of water as far as I'm concerned. Tom was looking for a new challenge in his career. He was looking for a certain future, and the Patriots were looking for a certain future. And for the first time in 20 years, that didn't coincide with what Tom and the the Patriots wanted. They just didn't see eye-to-eye this time around. It was an opportunity for the two of them to move in separate directions, and that's essentially what happened. So Tom is going to be down in Tampa this year. I expect great things out of him, as always, and I think he'll have a big year in Tampa. It's the Jared Stidham era here in New England right now, and from what I'm hearing, the Patriots brass is very high on this kid, and he may not just be the quarterback this year, but they may be trying to build around him for a number of years to come. Well, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to talk about Jarrett Stidham next. He's actually a guy I'm very familiar with from his time at Baylor. But, I mean, what's your gut feeling about the former fourth-round pick? He was out of Auburn at that time. But, I mean, is he the guy? Just, again, just your gut feeling. What is? What do you think about Jarrett Stidham? I believe he has the potential. I think he can be the guy. The reason why I say that is because I did a lot of scouting in Jarrett last year when it came to practice when it came to the preseason, and even the little snippets that we saw in him in the regular season. First of all, he has tremendous poise. He comes in confident, he knows how to make throws, and he knows he can make the throws. Um, In terms of being accurate and in terms of having the arm to be a big-time quarterback in this league, Jarrett checks both boxes. Uh, you you, You know from his time at Baylor, his time at Auburn, he was able to do that, and he did make throws and was able to uh, be a very prolific quarterback uh, quite off, more often than not. Whenever Jarrett struggled, it was usually because he didn't have the time in the backfield to be able to make the throws. That's the thing that concerns me about Jarrett Stidham. Will the offensive line be able to give him enough time to be able to step, make his throws, and complete them? Because if he does have time, He's shown that he can actually put this ball on a dime. He's very good at being able to pick his targets and hit them accurately. It's whether or not he has the time in the backfield. And to me, that's what separates him from a guy like Tom Brady, who was so good at that. You knew that no matter what was thrown at Brady, he was going to find a way to get rid of the football, 
He wouldn't take unnecessary sacks. He would only take them when it was necessary. And he was able to get rid of the football and prevent unnecessary downage. That could be an issue with the Patriots with Jarrett Stidham this year. So he's going to need to shore that up. That's the only concern that I have from him. But I do like his uh, his mechanics. He's got a little bit of an issue where he tends to drop his arm a little bit. I think he will be working on that. Uh, word has it he is working on that very diligently in the offseason. Uh, again, I like his poise. I like his ability to step up, make throws. Confidence with this kid is not an issue. He'll be there. It's just a matter of whether or not he can get the time to do what he needs to do as a rookie. Uh, and, and I say rookie, I know he's a second-year player, but it is his first year under center, and for all intents and purposes, this really is his introduction to the NFL. So I have high hopes for the kid, but there are some issues that Patriots fans should be aware of um, and maybe some issues that they may need to be a little bit patient with at first. Talking all things Patriots right now with Michael DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. And all we heard in 2019 was Brady had no weapons, no weapons, no weapons. Has the weapons concern, has that been addressed in your opinion this offseason? Uh, yes, no. I think in a lot of ways, you're going to see a different type of Patriots offense this year. And I think that's going to make the quote-unquote weapons around Jarrett Stidham uh, a little bit, uh, maybe have a little less of spotlight on them and maybe to help make them a little bit more prolific. Look, one of the big problems with the Patriots weapons, quote-unquote, last year is that their first-round draft pick, Nikhil Harry, spent most of the season injured. He did come back midway through the year, but was never quite the explosive player that they hoped he would be. Nikhil's been working very hard in the offseason. He's been training. He's been getting strong. He's been getting healthy. I look for big things out of him, so I think they'll get more production out of him this year than they got last year. So that immediately upgrades that position. Um, at the same time, the tight end position last year for the New England Patriots was abysmal. Uh, they ranked last in the NFL in terms of production out of the tight end position. This is a franchise that employed such great tight ends as you want to go back as far as Ben Coates, you want to take uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski under, even Aaron Hernandez, as much as people you know may not want to talk about that name or they may be uncomfortable, you can't negate what he was able to do on the field. Right. So. In a lot of ways, this is a position that the Patriots have put a lot of stock in. I'm not saying Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene are going to come in and be the next great tight end tandem in this league, but they're going to automatically give you more production than you got last year. And last but not least, the running game. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to rely more on the running game this year. I think the depth they've had on the offensive line will open more holes for Sony Michelle to be able to run through seams. I think you're going to see James White have a big year catching the ball out of the backfield. He may end up being the quote-unquote security blanket for a guy like Jared Stidham because I think Julian Edelman is going to see a lot of double, maybe even triple teams, and that may open things up for maybe even a guy like Jacoby Myers at wide receiver to get open and make some catches. So I think in a lot of ways, it's not so much the additions that the Patriots have made, but the tweaks that they've made to their game plan that are going to make their weapons that much more effective. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And Mike, I got to ask you about the draft class. I mean, I really, really do. I mentioned it a little bit in the earlier segment, but I mean, the, the Patriots very first pick they make is in round two and they go after safety Kyle Duggar. He's from a division two school in Lenore Ryan. Uh, I mean, one, that's su a super Patriots move. I'm not mad at it because I like the player himself. I think he's a really, really good player. and is going to do some good things in the league. But when you saw that selection, what were your thoughts and what do you think Duggar's going to do early on in the season for the Patriots? Well, Duggar was on my short list of defensive backs and safeties that Bill Belichick might target. I was a little surprised that he went with it at 37. I thought maybe that was a little over-aggressive. But look, when I talked to members within the organization that told me about what the Patriots were thinking when this draft pick was taken, if the Patriots had selected Duggar, they had zeroed in on him. They knew he was the type of guy they wanted to bring in. Excellent blend of speed, length, size. He can cover a lot of ground. I love his ability to match up with tight ends. Patriots had a very good defense in 2019. The one thing they struggled with was covering tight ends. I don't think they're going to have that problem with Kyle Duggar because he brings that depth that they're going to need. And he's a playmaker. He intercepted 10 passes, returned six punts for touchdowns. So you know he's going to play a big role on special teams. He's just a prototypical Patriot. And I really think that he has the ability to be very good in this defense. Um, again, I, I don't necessarily believe that the Patriots took him too high. I, that was my probably my hang-up. But again, the Patriots looked at him, they zeroed in on him, and they made the pick. And they weren't worried about 
where he was projected or whether he had a first-round grade or a second-round grade or a third-round grade. They knew the player they wanted. They didn't believe he would be there in later picks when they were scheduled to pick again. So they said, you know what? We're going to roll the dice, and we're going to take Kyle Duggar at number 37. And I think it's going to pay dividends for him this year. I really do. And again, I kind of go back, and I know we talked about it before, but we go back, and it's it's very similar to the Damon Arnett signing. You know, the Raiders wanted Arnett. That was their guy. They, they thought they could have possibly traded back and still had an opportunity to get him, but then at the same time thought, you know what? Maybe he'll be gone if we trade back. So they went and made the move. They stuck to their board, and they just they just rolled the dice and got him. And again, if the Patriots had done it, everyone would have said it was genius. The Raiders did it, so everyone questioned it. But I feel like those two picks are very similar. Now, the next two picks that the, the Patriots made, still sticking on the defensive side of the ball, and, and again, I really like it. Uh, Josh Uche from Michigan and then Anthony Jennings from Alabama. Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys, and how much do they help the Patriots' defense as well? Two of my favorite picks in the Patriots draft were these two picks, Joshua Uche and Amphrey Jennings. Look, in my opinion, I think Uche may be one of the most underrated pass rushers in the 2020 NFL draft. He's an undersized edge defender, but he's got long arms. I think he's got the skill set to make an immediate impact rushing the passer. He's got that combination of initial quickness, bend, and closing speed that I think is going to make him such an amazing part of this pass rush tandem that I think he can form with a fellow Michigan alum in Chase Winovich, who I expect a breakout here from when it comes to the Patriots. I think having these guys as edge rushers, former teammates, knowing the type of motor and the type of ability that they bring to the table, I think is something that the Patriots defensive coaching staff is going to be able to use. Jennings may end up being the sleeper pick of the draft for the Patriots. Very stout run defender. He's at the edge. He's a pretty good tackler. He's an average pass rusher, but he has that underrated combination of quickness, power, instincts, and his change of direction ability is something I'm very impressed with. The more footage that I watch on Anthony, obviously the knee injury in 2018, that lessened his athleticism some. That's something that the Patriots are going to need to monitor. But at the same time, I like Jennings coming in. I think he's a strong edge defender. And the thing that I really like most about him, Q, is that he plays his assignment and he plays it as a sign. That's something that Bill Belichick absolutely loves, and it doesn't surprise me that he would have gone this direction and bring in Jennings in that regard. Talking right now with Michael DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. You can find him on Twitter at Mike, D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And I just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, Since this season is one of those that we really don't know, we are kind of just up in the air with how everything is going to shake out, what's going to go down. How long do you think, especially with a new quarterback under center in Jared Stidham, how long do you think it's going to take for this Patriots team to really be able to gel and be on their A game? I mean, we don't even know if there's going to be a preseason or not, so they might start the season, and that might be really literally basically the first game that they really start to play. So how long do you think it's going to take them to gel as a team? Yeah, I think that's a great point, Q. I think if we do start the season late, if they do cut into the preseason, if training camps or any type of mini camps are eliminated, which I expect at least mini camp will be eliminated, maybe even training camps as well, I think it's going to be very tough for this team to gel early on. Look, you can't just replace a 20-year veteran with the savvy and the caliber and the greatness of Tom Brady and expect a kid like Jared Stidham to come in and immediately pick up where they left off. I like Stidham, and that's not a knock on him at all. Right. But you just can't expect a young quarterback to do that. So at the same time, if they do start on time and they're able to get on the field, able to get a synergy going, have a strong training camp, go through preseason, and then start the season on time, then I think the learning curve for this team is severely lessened. I think they have the ability to maybe win some games right off the bat, maybe put some of these teams in the division on their heels, and maybe open a few eyes doing it. But if they don't have this opportunity on the field, they're thrust into it right away, then this could be a long season in New England. And you may see that dreaded losing season that Patriots fans have been fearing for the last 20 years. I can guarantee you one thing, Q, if they do have a losing season this year, and I've been saying this all week long, it's not going to be because they're tanking. That's not going to happen. (laughs) Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, just that is not the way they do business here. Uh, It's never a guarantee to get the player that you want to tank anyway. So for all people that think that they're going to tank for Trevor, this team is too talented to go 1-15 in or all in 16 or whatever they wanted to do to ensure that. And because of that, you're not going to see them tank. But 
it could be a long season in New England if they don't get the time to prepare the way they need to. And that just leads us right into my final question. And this is something I've always said. And, you know, the schedule release was the other day. And as I went through the schedule, like I'm sure you went through the schedule for the Patriots, I went W, lost, W, lost. You know, I went through all the teams that I thought the Raiders were going to defeat. And I I gave the Raiders uh, losses where I thought they were going to lose. And I've been a guy that's always said teams don't go to Foxborough to win. I mean, it's just so difficult to win there in Foxborough. It's very rare when it happens. It's like, oh, wow, what happened in Foxborough today? You know, but again, that was life with Brady. And now it's a different, different era. It's life with looks like it's Stidham. So do you feel that that Foxborough magic will still be there? Because I'll tell you right now, I gave the Raiders an L when I was going through the schedule just because they were playing in Foxborough. But then at the same time, while I was saying that, I thought, well, it is a different day and time. So maybe that magic's still not there or it's not there like it was before with Tom Brady. I think the Foxborough magic could be there, but I think you're going to see it later in the season. Believe it or not, I'm still very much undecided on this game. I think the Las Vegas Raiders have a good opportunity, especially if they get hot very quickly. I said to open our segment today that I was very impressed and thought that they could be a sleeper team in the NFL. I stand behind that. I think they can come in and beat anybody. Again, it's tough to win in Foxborough because of the Bill Belichick mystique, because of what this team is able to do at home. But with a new quarterback, and again, we keep coming back to whether or not this season is going to be in full, how much prep time these teams are going to have, if they have very little prep time, that absolutely favors the Raiders in this in this case. They have some new additions, but they have stability at quarterback in Derek Carr. They have some stability on the offense and the defense. Patriots have a lot of new faces, a lot of moving parts. So in my opinion, if they do have a little prep time, wouldn't shock me to see them drop this game to the Las Vegas Raiders at home simply because I think the, the Raiders may be a better team at that point in the season when these two teams face off. However... The last couple of games of the season for the Patriots against the Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, those are at Gillette, and I think this team will be gelled by that. I think if they are in contention for a division title, those two games are going to be very difficult for Buffalo and New York to come in and beat them. That uh, should be interesting. It really should be interesting. Plus, you know in, in New England, you know there's always an extra cameraman somewhere there. <laughs> I had to give you one. I had to give you one cheap shot. You know, that's, that's how it goes. So glad that you did that. Hey, you know what? I opened talking about the truck rule. You hit the you hit the cameraman. So you know what? We're even now. We'll we'll, we'll revisit this when we talk uh, again when these two teams hook up down the line. But uh, this was a blast, Q. Thanks so much for today. So there it was right there. You see that zinger? I got him at the end. Yeah, you see I got him. I got him with the little – it was slight, too. I didn't have to go over the top or nothing. I just – yeah, you know, the Patriots got a, a extra cameraman at all times there in Foxborough, and uh, he appreciated that. Uh, so, yeah, Mike DeBate, very, very complimentary of the show, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, was telling Patriot fans to go and listen to the Lockdown Raiders podcast. That's that's love right there, man. That's That really is. And even off the – off the top of the show before we even really got into it he was like man I've been looking forward to this uh this crossover because I want to talk to you you know just just about football in general and so I thought that was really really cool so uh, definitely shout out to Mike DeBate host of Locked On Patriots really really good dude clearly I'll be talking to him again in the regular season when it's time to, to do the crossover edition but for real for real you know as as the game gets near so uh lots of lots of good fun right there on today's show hopefully you enjoyed that coming up on tomorrow's show we'll finish off the AFC East crossover edition as we talk all things Miami Dolphins the last team that I have not talked yet in the AFC East so the Miami Dolphins will be up next so you'll hear that here on the Locked On Raiders podcast now that the show is over if you want you can tell your smart device to go and play the latest edition of Draft Dudes and uh, it'll go do that for you matter of fact I got my smart device right here in front of me all you got to do is say hey Google and it lights up and then it say play the latest edition of Draft Dudes (laughs) <laughs> Google told me, sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> Google don't like me. That's all right. Anyway, your Google or your smart device may like you and they'll understand what you're talking about. Mine clearly didn't. So that's going to do it for me. Until tomorrow's episode, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.